0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising.
1: Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, we're lucky enough to have Joe Glover joining us. He's founded the Marketing Meetup five years ago in a survey in Cambridge as a hobby because he was terrified to walk into networking situations. Super relatable. Five years on, the group unites over 20,000 marketers from Torbay to New York with talks about marketing and networking that don't make you feel slimy when you walk out of the room. Joe, great to meet you. Great to have you. Our listeners are are definitely very excited for this one.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. And you know, I've got my sympathy for you. We're recording right now, midway through your heat wave. And like, I don't know how you're doing it. So hats off to you as well. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time and being so resilient through the heat. I appreciate
1: that. I know a lot of our listeners can definitely feel, take them back to PTSD by the time this gets released and they'll remember (laughs) the the things. Joe, I I actually find that part in your bio super interesting when you say, when it says, you know, marketing and networking doesn't make you feel slimy when you walk out the room. I get what that means. I can definitely, it resonates with me. What does that mean to
2: you? I think so much of networking events is is designed yeah. to be a bit of a dehumanizing experience and and that sounds like strong language but let me explain a little bit more please so please. when you walk into these rooms the first thing you you see you experience is you know granted in a in a pre-covid world would be those circles of people stood with their back to you that you kind of feel like you have to sort of break into where you have to sort of totally. go oh hi i'm joe and I'm, first of all, I would never, ever do that. I would 100% be the guy in the corner on my phone, hiding, wishing somebody would say hello to me. So that's that's sort of like the first barrier that you kind of need to get over. But even if you do get over that barrier, you then walk into a scenario where you're having to introduce yourself in a business context. So you're saying, hey, I'm Joe. I represent the marketing meetup. We have 50 people and a budget of whatever. All that mm-hmm. does is takes it away from you as a person And into like, this is my job title. So judge Mm -hmm. me based on how important I am in the company. And this is how much money I've got to spend. And if neither of those things match up to the expectations of the person receiving that information, they just walk off. You know, they either walk off or you have this vacuous conversation where it's quite clear the person in front of you doesn't want to be there anymore. And by the end of it, neither of you feel particularly fulfilled. And by the time you walk out the room, you're like, you know what? I feel a little bit sweaty. I feel a little bit flustered. And that well, was not slimy. Experience. Exactly. 100% like yeah. everyone in Vancouver right now. <laughs> and like, so when I say not slimy, I mean, really what I mean to say is that. That's the negative on what is a positive, which is that you can walk out of these experiences and come out of it feeling uplifted and energized and feeling like you've had a really nice time and met other people based on the humanity and the contents of their personality, rather than your job title or your budget or who you represent. Uh, all those things never, ever matter, really, until you've actually got to know the person behind them. Joe, that is that is such
1: a good point and context, I say this the same, I say exactly the same thing about why I like Vancouver versus Toronto. I feel like anytime mm-hmm. in Toronto, when I'm at, a, at an event or a business event, first question, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. That resonates really strongly with me great way of putting it. Now that's actually a great transition to my next question, which is tell me about the community you've built. So what is the marketing meetup? And And let's start there. I do have quite a few questions
2: about that, but what is the marketing meetup? So the marketing meetup acts as a a solution to that scenario that we've kind of outlined. It's a place where people come and have their humanity valued before their job title or their budget or even the things in their head. People can come to learn, to listen, Mm. to say hello, and we use the term to be positively lovely, which the idea behind that really is that people come to give first and then look to receive later. In that sense, it truly becomes a community because these folks are not coming for the personal gain. They're looking to benefit the community at large. The marketing meetup used to be in-person events. That's how we did what we did. So like, if you think about the most important thing, uh, community sits so at this fundamental layer. Whatever we mm-hmm. do, community is at the heart of what we do. But then in terms of sort of like the tactical implementation of that, we'd mainly do events. So in the pre COVID world, that was in person events. So we ran events in thirteen locations across the UK. We just started in New York. Um I spent Amazing. the years studying in hamilton uh, near toronto so like you know that was or toronto if I'm saying it properly uh so <laughs> toronto <you know>, tra- <laughs> that's why you just like end up making the sound at the end you just like t- <laughs> and then people are like i know what you're talking about but yeah. like you know we were, we were going big on on the in person events and then covid struck so now we exist in a in a virtual world we will bring back in person events eventually but we're doing the best we can. So main offering, so to speak, is is weekly webinars, but weekly webinars with the world's greatest marketing minds, the likes of Rory Sutherland, Mark Ritz and Ram Fishkin, you know, people like that, which is then matched by this incredible group of people who come week in, week out. And like, you've never seen the chat feature like it. Honestly, it's ridiculous. This is slightly tangential to your question, but... I think it's a relevant point. Com- community can exist in the virtual world and can be exist through a simple mechanism like a Facebook group or a chat feature on a Zoom call. And like I've seen people every week find other people jobs. I've seen people support each other who aren't feeling great. I've seen people arrange walks when we were like in lo- lockdown sort of time, just one on one to support each other. You know, whatever it is, like these simple mechanisms that bring people together, that's what we do with the marketing meetup. Um, we just put up best foot forward, acknowledge that we're all making it up as we go along, but you know what? Have a lot of fun doing it as well. And it's just it been- sounds
1: like you've changed a lot of people's lives, and I, I don't mean to to make it sound too too overblown. I, Darian, the founder of Marketing News Canada, he reached out to me at one of these marketing events. Exactly what you said, and to this day. A lot of the points that you just went into and explained the the value of is pushed forward by the community he's built here. So that is something that is really relatable and really good to hear.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know these relationships, and so often it might be in three, four, or five years' time. You're like, oh, what was that event we met at? And you know, and you're doing it over drinks, you know, or whatever. And it almost doesn't matter. You know, if you're yeah. creating that human connection, then that lasts a lot longer than. You know, my expectation about anyone sticking around for every one of our webinars for the rest of the time, the thing that is interesting is connecting people. So I I love to hear that that exists around the world as well. It's such a positive thing.
1: I know a few people that make it their goal to introduce at least one good connection a week. A lot of these people are East Coast, are Toronto and Toronto and New York. (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) And it sounds like you do this, but... On steroids, you 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 connect hundreds to thousands of people, and you do it regularly. And I think the value there uh, it must be so rewarding for you to see. I love I love that little motto that you guys have.
2: Um, it, it, it's great fun. It's, it's honestly the biggest pleasure. And you know, I mean, this is a, a slight overshare, probably, but my first job I took on the basis of money alone. I was told that I'll be on the hundred grand after five years, you know, which was like for me that was bonkers, you know, absolute bonkers. I couldn't think of earning that amount of money. Yeah, I'll, an infinite amount of money, hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. <laughs> and I ended up quitting that job after six months. You wow. know, and I'm, I'm I'm really really glad I had that experience up front because it taught me that the rest of my life wasn't going to be lived in a way which uh, money was going to be the deciding factor. So. You know, I would never claim to have changed people's lives. But what I would say is that there's been a bunch of people come together who have had the opportunity to create something on the basis of this platform that we've created them. And and there have been a bunch of people who have taken advantage of that. And that's um, that's a life well lived. And I feel very fortunate to live that life. Joe,
1: I, this is great because I, I think our listeners would, would really love to hear like, what is your origin story? So, you know, part of that journey of that hundred thousand dollar unlimited money job to quitting to to focusing on community and building a community, what got you into marketing? And you know, tell us your origin story. How how did please share with our listeners like how did you go from postgraduate to or or you know whatever, whatever, all the way to founding the marketing
2: meetup? <laughs> so the first job was was that aforementioned. I'm going to take this job for the money job. So that was a, as a IT consultant, SAP consultant. So I was going into FTSE companies and, and sort of consulting on their, their software systems and stuff like that. I didn't yeah. know what I was doing, but I was yeah. being charged at, at, at many hundreds of pounds a day, which uh, <laughs> is 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 an interesting dynamic. After that point, so my, my degree, I, I've only got an undergrad degree, mm-hmm. but that was in business. And my dissertation was on complaining via social media and social media has always been something that I've always been good at, I guess. I don't pat myself on the back too often, but like I would say that that's been something I've been good at over the course of time. I love writing. So it kind of suited that. And even while I had this job, which I kept for six months, I was still blogging about social media. It was still something that kept me interested. And so graduate Joe, six months into employment. Well, social media is marketing, right? That's what I thought it was. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. what?" Well. Can you give our listeners kind of a timestamp? When was this
1: 2007, 2006, 2008.
2: So this would have been 2012. 2012. Yeah. So I graduated 2012. Yeah. Around then. Got it. Uh, no, t- 2014. Sorry. 2014. Uh, so graduate then. Six months later, so that was September, so it took me into 2015, um, started work as a marketing manager in a conferencing company. So the conference I was working for was Business of Software, and I was really, really lucky that at Business of Software, our speakers were like Rory Sutherland, Seth Godin, David Cancel. Joanna Weeb, April Dumford, all these amazing people. So that was my education. That was my marketing education. Wow. I sat back listening to these people. And I was part of a three-person company as well. So And you were getting paid <laughs> to getting learn paid.
1: from these people.
2: Absolutely. Unbelievable. And, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And so I learned from these folks over this, this period of time. But at the same time, I had this awareness that I was terrified of networking. I was by myself and I wanted to learn about marketing, but I was terrified of networking for for, for all the reasons we explained before. So at the same time, as I had my first job in marketing as a marketing manager in this conferencing company, I put together a meetup uh, on meetup.com called uh, Cambridge Marketing Meetup at the time. And lo and behold, 50 people came. (laughs) Uh, to the first event.
1: How much food did you have prepared for (laughs) (laughs) people?
2: Honestly, so this is fast forward a long way, but two years ago, we spent 33% of our revenue on pizza, you know, (laughs) which is ridiculous. So, you know, it gives you an idea of scale. Yeah. But the funny thing about that was, yeah, yeah, was I just carried on, carried on doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And what would happen over the course of time is folks would come up to me and say, This thing that you're doing in Cambridge. Well, I'm driving two and a half, three hours from another city to come to this canteen. Yeah, to come to this event. Holy moly! And and so the question that they asked was, uh, can I do this closer to my house? And so you know, 24 year old Joe just said, yeah, whatever. You know, and and to be honest, neither me nor my dad, who regularly reminded me of this understood why people wanted to it to do it under the marketing meetup banner rather than just doing it themselves but they did and and so over the course of time we we grew out these 13 locations in the uk and and likewise in in new york and you know that's how the marketing meetup grew i would say at the beginning all it was was a hobby it was a place which fulfilled those needs learning meeting and doing it in a place based around kindness and looking after each other But over time, we kind of defined it a little bit more. So at the beginning of every event, we now say, listen, say hello, and be positively lovely. And those are our three values. You know, that's everything we stand for at the marketing meetup. Even while the marketing meetup was growing, for the first two or three years, I was doing it for free, really, because I loved Mm -hmm. it. I loved meeting people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I even took a job in an agency during that time as well. So I would left my first job and, and took a job working for an e-commerce agency, again, as a marketing manager. It was only really four years into the marketing meetups journey that it was like making enough to match my salary, which wasn't a lot, but it was enough. And yeah, it was at that point that I was able to take it full time, probably about 10 months before COVID struck. So (laughs) yeah, it was a bit of a journey. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a scattergun journey, but um, the place that leaves us today is that there's 25,000 people in the community and growing rapidly. There was about 11,000 this time last year, so we've you know more than doubled in the past. Congratulations!
3: Congratulations.
2: Thanks, man. Honestly, the greatest joy of it is that I think we've stayed true to those values. You know, it's been growing in a way that I'm not really that bothered about mad growth. I'm not going to be your 10x guy. I'm not going to be your 100x guy. I'm just going to be someone in the corner who's just looking to help people and people are gravitated to it over the course of time. And that's really quite nice.
1: That's, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's uh the, the, I think hearing what your values are, it sounds like that has been a part of the founding of it, uh, whether you realized mm-hmm. it or not. And then as you refined it and as your audience grew, you realize that that is 100% why people keep coming back and that I'm going to go as far as to say that's why people wanted to have it under the marketing meetup banner and not just host their own events. I think that that's so so integral in this world this past year. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it as as everyone else in the world, but what COVID has done for these types of events and in-person events and, and communities, it, I find that it's made it stronger. And it sounds like, you know, maybe you could speak to that a little bit, like your your growth. I know you, you said you're not a 10x guy, but 100% growth over the course of a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it sounds like people were looking for a community in that in that space. Can you maybe tell us about how you've shifted? I know you've shifted to a webinar basis, but what are some some of those positive changes that you're seeing over COVID that, you know, have been a little bit, I guess,
2: Well, first off, thank you. I, I think that's really, really kind of you to say. So, so thank you for those observations. It's, it's so obvious really, really... while listening, <laughs> and this is—it's really cool to, to hear about it. Oh, thank you. Um, so, the first thing I would say is it's neither a negative or a positive thing, but it's a definite reflection of the past year. Is that going into, and because this is a marketing conversation, the folks listening will get this. But going into COVID time, then. I thought the people that we helped were marketing managers in companies of one to 20 people, Mm -hmm. likely with fairly small budgets. What I actually found was that the demographics really didn't matter at all. It was actually all about sort of psychographics. And the reason why I say that is that to start off with, you know, when COVID hit, we started speaking to everyone in the community the same way as we'd always spoken to them, you know, which was a very jovial, friendly, happy tone. And for folks who that had resonated with entirely mm-hmm. before, all of a sudden had been thrust into this unusual world and that were therefore reacting to messaging in an entirely different way. The point of this is that when you think about demographics, you, you, you start questioning yourself. You're like, hmm. Well, they're still a marketing manager. They're still working in a one to 20 people company. So why isn't the messaging landing in the same way as it used to? Well, the reason is that it's, it's all about psychographics. It's all about how people think. You know, so actually the, the people that make up the marketing meetup and the folks that we look to target the the most are people that are curious, people who come to be positively lovely. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds tweet, and that, like at the event I did in New York people said, oh, that is literally the most British thing I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, like, it's true, positively lovely, encapsulates everything we want people to come, you know, best foot forward, willing to learn, willing to give. You know, these are the people that we need to target. These are the messages that we need our community to resonate with. So that was a real gear shift for for me, you know, rather than sort of like thinking, you know, stick it into Facebook ads and sort of try and find some people based on demographics. It's like, you know what, we're going to double down on just looking after people. And the way that manifested itself was in a few ways. So the first was through our communications, broadcast-based communications, we would do things like, rather than sending a, a, a newsletter, which sort of said, you know, here's the top 10 things you need to know about marketing this week, Instead, we just sent an email to our entire database saying, you know, hey, are you okay? And gave folks the opportunity to respond. And lo and behold, that day, I got, you know, a a few hundred responses back from people (laughs) saying, you know what, I'm not actually okay today. And between me and and, uh, James, who's my my right-hand man on everything marketing meter, we responded to every one of them whether that was through email or whether that was a a drift video made specifically for that person, you know, so I think the first reflection in answer to your question is that demographics don't work. Psychographics do, but more importantly, you know, just putting your best foot forward in terms of looking to help people in a genuine sense, uh, people genuinely respond. And also, you know, as a result, you can grow you know and and we all know that word of mouth is the best form of marketing in the world and therefore if you treat your core you know for us even though we use the headline figure of twenty five thousand people there's probably cores within that of you know five thousand one thousand even one hundred if you treat those people exceptionally well then that twenty five thousand that big number gets bigger and bigger so that's definitely been a learning over the past year uh, the second thing for us has certainly been about, and it's less marketing-based, but more of a general observation, is that there's definitely opportunity in any adversity that comes through. So, you know, we thought we were an events company and we had 140 events planned around the world (laughs) over 2020. If if you were to say, you know what, what's going to be a thing that kills off your business, you're fairly strong that a global pandemic would do that. (laughs) And I remember... You know, the day we had to cancel 140 events, um, feeling really, really sad, and in fact spending probably a week feeling very sorry for myself, licking my wounds, not really speaking to anyone about it, in a bit of a dark place. But then, come the weekend that followed that, then I decided to do something about it, and so I emailed Mark Ritson, Rory Sutherland, Ram Fishkin. I emailed some more as well, and they didn't, they couldn't do it, but I emailed. The, those three and they said yes and so lo and behold we had an online event schedule better than almost anyone else in the world within a weekend of emailing people and all it took was a bit of proactivity and a bit of an op- seeing opportunity in adversity so i think certainly as a as an observation then there is almost always uh, opportunity in in adversity and the final observation on that is about community which is that it would have been very easy for us to characterize ourselves as an events company Mm -hmm. because that's what we did. But actually what we did was provide, and this goes back to the psychographics point, we provided a kind welcoming place where people could learn and get better together. It didn't really matter what we did as a, as a sort of channel. And this goes, this is a point that can be applied to wider marketing. It doesn't really matter what your tactics are. It matters what your messaging is. It matters what your strategy is. It matters who the people you are trying to help. You know, so the switch, you know, people say to me from time to time, oh, you did so well. You know, and and for me, honestly, it it wasn't like that at all. You know, I just did the thing that needed to be done, and the message stayed the same. You know, and we still try to help people. Just the way that we did it just changed on, on a pinhead. So there's a few observations there, but overall, I'd say, it's been a mad year, but um, we're fortunate that it's turned out okay.
1: <laughs> it honestly sounds like you guys are coming out of this stronger than you ever have, with a community larger than you ever have, with a really more definitive set of values uh, and actionables that you can take to every one of your meetups, online or in person. You have this new addition to your to to the marketing meetup now that would have never
2: happened. Absolutely. Well, you know, every week we're now getting people tuning in from, you know, Egypt, South Africa macedonia greece netherlands canada and the uk you know which is phenomenal and and there's no way we would have reached those people before so so definitely the community has grown because our reach has grown as well so yeah couldn't agree more
1: i'm curious about your actual meetups your webinars now what has been your most
2: popular meetup (laughs) it depends on the metric you choose right so something let's go let's go with attendance Okay. So attendance, Mark Ritson. So I don't know whether Mark is, is Mark big over in Canada? Is he, is he definitely, he
1: definitely has topics and what he's built is definitely something that interests Mark true marketers. If they're really into a lot of the more avid podcasts and, and readers would, would definitely know him, but why don't you give our readers a little bit of more context?
2: Sure. So Mark is based over in Australia. He was actually born in England. He's a, he was previously a professor over in Melbourne, and a couple of other very well-known business schools. So he was a professor, but he was also a practitioner. So he's worked with like Unilever, several well-known fashion brands, et cetera, et cetera. He's worked with a lot of the biggest brands while also studying marketing. He writes or has written weekly or monthly or periodically, I'm not even sure, for a publication over here called Marketing Week, which is the the best-read marketing publication in the UK. So Mark has got a personal brand that is out of the stratosphere mm-hmm. in the UK, for sure, and certainly in, in in certain circles. And so he was sort of a dream list for us. You know, you sort of got like Seth Godin, Mark Ritson, you know, it was pretty much like the two that you want. And fortunately, he said yes. So Mark speaks a lot about a few things. And, and there's one talk, which I think is probably better than any talk that I've ever seen on marketing. Uh, which is called On the Contrary by Mark Ritson. And I'd really advise anyone who's into marketing, whether it's today, tomorrow, or yesterday, to go and take a look at it, because it's 40 minutes, really well invested. In this particular talk, then Mark breaks down marketing into, into three stages, which is diagnosis, strategy, and tactics. And I don't want to sort of rip him off here, but so at the diagnosis stage, you're you're taking the chance to do a bit of market orientation. You're looking to understand what the market really want, agnostic to your product or service. You know, you're just listening. Mm -hmm. At the strategy stage, you're looking to decide what your positioning is, who your target market are, what the messaging is, and really putting together these fundamentals based on your research that you know what people want, and therefore you're going to give it to them in the language that they want to hear it, and you're also going to put together that consistency behind your marketing. At the tactic stage, that's the bit which everyone always gets So flustered about, which everyone sort of ends up reading their top 10 trends for 2021 articles about, which is the actual implementation. So whether it's PPC, SEO, Facebook ads, whatever it may be. Mark has transformed my thinking because if we go back to to me in my first job where I thought social media was marketing, you know, that gave me an appreciation quite early on that social media is just a tactic. You know, it's like anything else. It's interchangeable. You can you can take it out and replace it with something else depending on who your target market is and the messaging that you're doing. The things that matter in the first instance are first diagnosis and then strategy. So Mark has added an unbelievable amount to the marketing community at large. He now runs his own course called the Mini MBA. I feel like I'm doing his advertising for him, but maybe he's that good. Uh, <laughs> And like he's been phenomenally successful with it, and certainly in terms of the UK paradigm of marketing, he is really, really sat in the middle of it right now. So I wouldn't be surprised. Certainly, if you hear stuff coming from across the pond, it's likely to have been influenced by him, especially over these next five years. Uh, the the course that he started really is uh, getting a lot, a lot of traction.
1: I think our listeners will will definitely dig into that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing the resources. You touched on a couple times now about. You know, your experience, your mentor's experience on personal branding and mm-hmm. as someone who who does have a very strong personal brand and has been building it for years, what is the key when you're building a strategy for strong personal branding on LinkedIn that you can share with our listeners?
2: I think there's a few. So to start off with, it's not, it's not really a term that I, I like that much. It feels, it, going back to slimy, personal brand feels a little bit slimy all we're talking about is a human being turning up in the same shape as what they say they are day in day out so that's the first thing you know it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. it doesn't need to be made into a a cheesy marketing tactic Mm -hmm. it's just a human being they're just turning up and they're just helping people so really that's 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 the fundamentals of personal brand for me Uh, you might be able to hear my five-month-old uh, five-month-old daughter in the background, by the way, which I make no apologies for. It's no. 2021. Uh, <laughs> so if the listeners can hear that, then uh, then there you go. The thing about personal brand is a fewfold. The first is, it's about a consistency point. So I don't believe anybody that says you have to post on LinkedIn five times a week, otherwise you're not going to be successful. Post as much as you would like on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. be aware that the thing that is really going to help you is a bit of momentum behind it. So in the first 12 months, it's probably going to feel like pushing treacle uphill. But, you know, from that point onwards, it starts, the the snowball starts rolling. So that would be the first thing I say. And there's a guy over here in the UK called John Asperian. John encourages folks to take a 30-month mindset when it comes to building a personal brand or, or indeed anything, finding any traction and so that seems as good a model as any so i'd encourage first of all people just to chill out a bit just mm-hmm. release themselves from needing to be the next overnight success which by the way they don't exist mm-hmm. um and actually just say you know what this is going to be a project that i'm going to work on for the next 30 months i'm going to see what happens and, and go from there so that'll be my first thing on personal brand the second thing is just about authenticity which is an amazing another buzzword uh, which i'm bringing out but and it's a shame because authenticity is such a lovely concept it's just spoken about a lot so when i speak about authenticity all i mean is just be you you know and honestly it doesn't need to be a lot more complicated than that i think there's an acceptance that if you turn up in the same shape as in the shape that you are it's a lot easier to be yourself than it is to be this persona to be, you know, this thing that you feel like you need to be in business. When I first started my, my business career, I thought you had to be like a contestant from The Apprentice or something like that to get ahead, and it's just not true. You can be yourself and do absolutely fine. So, like, mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. chill out. Second, just be you. Third, there are definitely some tips that it comes to when it comes to copywriting on LinkedIn. So the most important line on on your LinkedIn posts is always going to be your headline. So uh, take the time to really, really craft your headline. Uh, The best tip that I've ever received on crafting headlines is to write whatever your copy is for your post and then take the third sentence. Whatever the third sentence is, is usually the thing that you're trying to say with your post. So just push that back up to the top. And all of a sudden, you've got pretty much your headline. If that doesn't work, then there are other ways to do it. I actually wrote an exhaustive how-to-do-LinkedIn <laughs> posting uh, blog post quite recently uh, in which I go into quite a bit of detail on, on this. So maybe rather than sort of speak through quite a few different models, if I could share that with you and your audience, that that would be that would be really lovely and maybe we could put that in the show notes i'm just imposing that upon you so <laughs>
1: well, honestly while you're talking i'm going onto my linkedin and i'm checking what did i do <laughs> to see <laughs> if, I, if i've checked some of these boxes no that is those are really really helpful
2: good well and then the last thing is is very simple so there's a bunch of tips and tricks right so you know never share anything because the the reach is trash you know so when i say share you know the the share Re-share button something yeah be, exactly yeah i mean it it doesn't do anything so your posts aren't going to get any sort of traction um whatever things i tend to post quite early in the morning between eight and nine o'clock local time that's not scientifically provable it just seems logical that people will be flicking through their phone around that sort of time Mm -hmm. so that's when i post most days scheduling doesn't seem to have any adverse effect on your linkedin posts so again going back to this john Asperian chap he did a, uh, an experiment where he scheduled a bunch of posts first, versus putting it natively into LinkedIn. And statistically, it didn't seem to make any difference. So, the the point of encouragement there is to write when you feel inspired. Take the time to, you know, sit down one day, and if you've got a few thoughts in your head, just pop it in the scheduler. And Bob's your uncle, you know, you you can kind of start posting five times a week without even knowing about it. You could write two, three updates in one go um, on comments, make sure you're always replying to your comments because that will always boost the algorithm. Yeah. There's just a bunch of stuff, but, but really it always comes back to those fundamentals of just being yourself and turning up in the same shape.
1: Definitely. Those first two points to our listeners I would agree with are the most important when it comes to that. Um, and I totally feel the same way. I, I the, the buzzword of personal branding, It doesn't really make me feel good about it. For me, this is also why I don't like the the term influencers, even though Mm. they're so, you know, they're so integral or or what they do, you know, the reach and and incorporating them into an overall digital marketing strategy is important. I've never liked the term. I've never liked, you know, the the way that the industry approaches that term. But when you shift, you know, your wording Mm. like key opinion leaders, that, that makes a lot more sense than having something that is, you know, it's too much about me in, or the person. Yeah. And I, this is, this is yeah. tying us right back to the first topic we had at the beginning of our conversation is backs towards the, the people or open up and and, 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 and be open to people.
2: 100%. I couldn't agree more. No, really, really lovely point there. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it.
1: And Joe, I have a fun rapid fire speed round for you here i mean i've I've got uh, i suspected you and i would have a great chat and you know be be really uh, you'd be really relatable for for me and our listeners but i need to do this rapid fire questions otherwise i'm going to keep talking to you for there for like an hour and i'm going to have to extend the podcast but that's good I think that the insights that you have have been super valuable and I think that what better way to deliver a bunch of really awesome insights than in a gut reaction quick fire way.
2: <laughs> I love it. All right, <laughs> sounds good man. All
1: right, so so here we go. Um what was your first job? And and I bet there was a job before that that 100k um, unlimited money job.
2: First first job was either as a warehouse operative or as a waiter. I can't remember which, but one of those two.
1: One of the W's. I,
2: yeah. In fact, it was definitely a waiter for £3.60 an hour. So that's probably what $5 an hour, something like that.
1: <laughs> All right. What was your worst job? Yeah. SAP consultant, for sure. Got it. I was going to answer that. Hurry! I didn't want to make it a assumption, <laughs> though. Um, you've mentioned several books that, that you've that you found through some of your guest speakers, but what, what is a business or marketing book personally that you could recommend to our listeners?
2: Mm, I think probably one that most folks wouldn't have read who have listened to this, but would really enjoy. And it's one of many. is a book called, called Watertight Marketing. Watertight Marketing. Yeah, by Bryony e. Thomas, which is super actionable, very directive, but also really drives home that point around uh, strategic marketing. If I could uh, sneak in a second one, it would be by a, a fellow Canadian called Graham Robertson uh, called Beloved Brands. And likewise, that's fabulous. And the one big takeaway I've had away from Graham's work is his big question that he asks himself and those around him is, do I love this? And if the person creating the content or whatever it is does not love the thing that they're creating, then then he says, go back and get to a place where you love this. And I think that love as an input in your marketing is really, really important. I think people know. If you've created something, with love for them.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for the recommendation. Now, you, you are a parent, you are an entrepreneur, and you mm. are a, a kind of a key stakeholder within the marketing and industry and community within the UK. What is a life hack that you'd be willing to share uh, with our <laughs> listeners?
2: <laughs> that there aren't any hacks. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to do you. Honestly, there is no such thing as a life hack. You can only be happy. Right. And the only person to know whether you're happy or not is you. So, you know, don't worry about trying to get ahead, just do you. Comparison is comparison is the thief of joy. So um, you know.
1: Great way of putting it.
2: Yeah. Hacking would intend hacking your way to the top. I would say that there's nothing wrong with enjoying where you are and maybe aspiring for a little bit more. But yeah. So that's probably what I'd say. Super
1: relevant to social media and how that That kind of comes to fruition with community members of all sizes, you know, being able to compare. I love that. Comparison is a thief of joy. What is your biggest marketing pet peeve?
2: Tactification of marketing. So, folks speaking about marketing as if it's a tactic, when really there's a whole bunch of um, research, orientation, strategy that goes behind it first, which then breeds consistency in marketing at the tactics level the second one if i can sneak it in of course is people on on twitter who will say marketing is dot 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 and usually it's some vacuous statement like marketing is empathy and it's like well you know empathy is an important part of marketing but you know what the whole of marketing is not just empathy otherwise you know (laughs) what would we actually be doing so um hard skills
1: soft skills that's, (laughs) that's
2: it (laughs) <laughs> just reducing marketing down to a single tweet in a single sentence and and seeing those tweets fly as well as much as as I try my best to be zen about most things then then that is certainly something which is like it's just bullshit marketing yeah. is a bunch of really really interesting things yeah uh, and it's it really tough, tough. <laughs> yeah it's really tough of course it is you know and and you know it's a uh, it's it's enjoyably tough but it's far more complex than than just empathy (laughs) in that particular example.
1: (laughs) What is a, what is a podcast that you could leave our listeners with and, Um, and, and self plug your own, please.
2: (laughs) So the marketing Meetup podcast is, is where we pop all of our webinars up afterwards. So we just take an audio rip from our webinars and pop them up on the marketing Meetup podcast. So do take a listen to that. I, have oh so everyone hates marketers is is a joy louis grenier is a genius and fortunately a good friend too and then that's probably one of the few marketing-based podcasts i listen to because i spend a lot of time listening to other things so i love history and i love football so soccer to you and so i probably spend a lot of time there because it's really really good to break out the bubble absolutely uh, you know so I've been listening to a lot of stuff, actually quite morbid stuff around dictators quite recently, but it's so interesting in terms of getting the sense of perspective on life. And, you and me and both. Sort of, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I've been listening to a couple
1: of podcasts that are they're about specifically about <laughs> <laughs> <A dictator. laughs> yeah, Savage History right. is is, is okay. a crazy one. Okay, I'm now no, unplugging the check- podcast, but yeah, well, it- no,
2: I need I need to check that out. So another really good one is uh, Real Dictators, and really beautifully produced, quite similar production values to Business Wars, which is another great one. Uh, quite similar production values to Heavyweight, which is a Gimlet Media one, which is fantastic but yeah this real dictators one has got me hooked right nice. now. so uh, definitely check out heavyweight reply all business wars real dictators there's loads but yeah don't just stick to marketing <laughs> um
1: thank you so much joe I- i'd love for you to to be able to leave our listeners with um with just maybe a-, a little suggestion of how to be positively lovely going into a world that is opening back up where we're going to be able to interact with each other and, and see each other in person and give hugs again, you know, um, how, how should our listeners go into, you know, Q4 here and then into 2022 being positively lovely from the,
2: the guru of positively lovely. <laughs> I would say that kindness goes a long, long way and, and kindness defined as as thinking of other people before you think of yourself or even on an equal level, that's a hell of a way to live your life It's a hell of a way to leave an impact so just look after each other a little bit and it doesn't need to be a lot more complicated than that I don't think
1: beautiful how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to talk about something check out the marketing meetup or just share some thoughts after listening to some of yours today
2: (laughs) so uh, folks can go to they can either go to our website, the marketing where they can also go back in time and see all of our talks from forever. If they want to get in touch with me personally, then I spend far too much time on LinkedIn. So I'm just Joe Glover uh, and I'm the, the bald guy with glasses. Uh, so <laughs> you can, you can find me on there and uh, yeah, those would be the two main sources and then the marketing meetup. And if you do, Check out the marketing meetup website, then do check out our newsletter as well. Because I try to put a lot of love into creating that. And even if you can't make the live events based on time zones, then you always get the roundups of our events right there as well. So it's a nice source.
1: Amazing. Joe, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the one, one of these people getting in contact with you. But um, I really <laughs> appreciate all of the wisdom, all of the context and insights you've been able to share today. Our listeners will pull a ton of value from this. Um, I really wanted to say it's, it's, it's great to talk to you. It's, uh, it's amazing to hear how you've defined what your community is about, how you refined it, how you've grown it through one of the toughest times, uh, to have real life in-person meetups. Um, thanks a lot today. It's been very inspiring and I really enjoyed,
2: you know, our conversation. Thanks, man. I loved it too. So thank you for taking the time. All right. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and the Podfather.
3: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies.